Hi, this is Marin McGaw, and you're listening to Chasing Genes with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, thank you so much for tuning into episode 146 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, 146. Do you know what that means? We're four away from 150. This is just hitting me. It's just hitting me. But we wouldn't get here without you guys. And we definitely wouldn't have this episode if it wasn't for our Patreon campaign supporters. They are this episode's sponsors. And we can't thank you guys enough for your support and just for listening. For more information on our Patreon campaign and or if you'd like to donate, you guys can learn more at amyj21.com slash Patreon. This episode is airing during Pride Month 2018 and in continued honor and recognition of Pride Month, I want you to meet a dream chaser who's going to blow you away. Her name is Marin McGaw and she is a queer trans female cinematographer. She grew up just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, the offspring of two architect parents. This led her down the path to studying mechanical engineering before finding her dream in filmmaking and cinematography. Her love is of lighting, camera work, and collaborations. She's also served as a crisis and suicide prevention phone line counselor at The Trevor Project, talking with LGBTQ plus youth across the country, and she is proud to further trans visibility. We had a great conversation that I think you guys are going to enjoy and learn from. So here she is. Hey, Marin, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Everything's well? Everything is well. It's a little wet outside, but you know, hey, at least I have a roof over my head, so I I should not complain. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we got one of those tenants. Yeah. Right? Um, how, how are you But you're doing? East Coast. I'm West Coast. Yeah. Um, so it's sun shining here, and yeah. Yeah, it's guys. It's It's great, because you guys just celebrated um, the LA Pride Festival oh, right. this past weekend, right? Oh, yeah, I know. Well, unfortunately, I, I wish I could have been there, but um, no, I'm, I've been uh, recovering. I, I had surgery. Um, yeah. So anyway, no, I could not make it out my door. Oh, that's that's a bummer. But yeah, that's all right. You but, have the whole month to celebrate. Yeah. The spirit of pride. Exactly. Oh, now, you weren't always in L.A., though, right? No, no. It's been a long trip around the country. Um yeah, started in Ohio. I'm, you know, a little town between Cleveland and Akron. So, Ohio, born to two architects. I got to tell you, I don't know one architect, let alone two. Oh, no. Well, I mean, both. yeah, so both my parents are architects. They met in college. The same. They went to the same college, Kent State University. Woo. We are, I have three other siblings, and we all just grew up and accepted that, you know, that's those are the types of parents we had and that's the type of thinking and you know it's so is like, that is that where the science kind of went in for you yeah yeah because then that shifted or it kind of segued um my older brother got the doctor treatment and i got the engineer treatment mm. so i kind of went into that side of science and theory 
Yeah. So and growing, then, yeah, I'll oh, go ahead. So growing up, was that something that you wanted to do? I mean, growing up as in the science world, I'm used to that. I, I had that. But is that something that was your dream? As a kid, as a child, my original dream was astrophysicist, just like Einstein. Wow. But then that pared down into mechanical engineer with some aerospace in there. So more practical, more hands-on than theoretical. Still aiming high. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I still did it. Like, so I, my undergrad, I, I studied mechanical engineering and I got my degree in five years, you know? So that dream was accomplished. <laughs> now, as you were doing that, though, because you kind of found your love and passion for filmmaking and cinematography, did you right. find that that kind of steeped in to your childhood as you were growing up? Were there signs of that? Um, see, that's weird because I guess I was so focused on the science side and the logic side of my brain. Mm -hmm. I just like that took over and I didn't even realize I wanted a creative outlet until it was, you know, too late. Like I'm, I was the type of student that, you know, was doing all the AP classes, um, not taking any photo, not taking any art in high school. Like I didn't start that until college. So it was kind of like a late realization that that's something I wanted to seep in. I had an extra or a, an open credit freshman year. And I was like, oh, I'll go take 35 millimeter black and white photography. Just cause. And just cause like my dad had a camera and I'd snap away, but like, I never felt like I was taking good pictures. It was just, you know, playing around. Were those, was that in the days of film? Yes. You yeah. Know, for, for all you guys out there, there, there was a world of film. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, disposable cameras, both my parents had cameras, you know, that, basically only got pulled out for birthdays yeah the, the special <laughs> yeah. occasion camera yeah you know you only do you only shoot like one maybe two rolls a year so you have pictures from you know every month of the year yeah the kind where you you only take one shot you you frame yeah. it you practice you're just you got to be sure you because you don't it. have unlimited space exactly oh so i mean that the that type of care into Framing and taking a shot, of course, that's something I love. And I guess, you know, I could speak to both my engineering and, and cinematography side. Like, that care and deliberation definitely yeah. coincides. But that was one class. Did that really have that, not to downplay yes. it, but oh, no, that kind I'm of sorry. impact? It, yeah, because like I said, I hadn't done anything in high school. My older brother had. So, like, I guess I was leaving it to him. And then my younger brother did as well. So, I was leaving it to him as well. And I just, like, I was, well, my outlet was music. Mm -hmm. So, like, I went hard and, and into music, into percussion and drumming and marching band and jazz band and occupied all my time. Taking that photography class, then I got in and I was like, oh, wow, I can, like, actually get that work study job and work in the darkroom as well and get even deeper into this science and this like understanding of the median or the medium. And then that led to multimedia, which led to video editing, which led to software, which led to cinematography and actual film production. Was that all so during a, college? It was a small creep in. Yeah. It was like photo and then to video. And then by my third year of undergrad, I was like, Oh, well, my undergrad didn't offer any cinema classes or film production classes, only cinema studies. So I had to go to NYU, make up my own major, 
or like go as a visiting student, making up my own major um, to then realize, oh, wow, this is where I want to be. But I'm so late in my, I've already done three years of engineering, so I might as well finish up um, and then go to grad school, go to film school for cinematography. So not even a, a master's or something in mechanical engineering, you just went straight for... Oh, no way. That would be... I would not want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've given up on engineering because, yeah, I, I'm so, I mean, once I realized it was one of those like thinking for yourself type of realizations sure. of like what I could never, I kept looking into engineering, but I could never find the job I wanted to do. I loved the science and the theory and the problems, but I could never see myself working on pipe fittings or, or, working in software, um, you know, there wasn't any, like, it, it felt too static. I needed a dynamic process, kind of like mm -hmm. video editing, kind of like filmmaking, something always that, like, is challenging, not just one problem and, like, move on piecewise. So do you regret having yeah. waited those extra two years and not just kind of switching over? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, had I, had I, had I tried film out in high school, and I tried photography out, you know, but then again, maybe I wouldn't have had the same passion because it could have swung the other way. I could have burned out That's myself true. in photography early on and then said, why aren't I in the sciences? That's true. So where did you end up studying for grad school filmmaking? I went down to Savannah, Georgia, uh, SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design. That's not expected. I thought you were going to say NYU or oh, no, even see, LA the, or something. The short story of it was because I was in engineering, I was very busy and <laughs> missed some of the um, application deadlines for uh. the California colleges um, because I was doing engineering projects. And then, well, and then the short part of the NYU story is why I didn't apply there. It was uh, when I was there, I uh, I was dating a girl, and both and I, both her and I, well, she stayed on at NYU, mm -hmm. and I made the very very mature decision of I'll go to a different college so I can focus on my filmmaking, not our relationship. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so you know, regrets, but it's just that's how it went. It's part of life. Mm hmm. You know, good, bad, everything kind of happens for a reason. I believe, at least. And, yeah, and here oh, you yeah. are today, though you doing cinematography. Right. Finally, I made it to the West Coast. Um, I'm in LA. I'm doing it. I'm I'm succeeding. Working up. So, yeah. what is that like? You go to SCAD. You get your degree. Mm -hmm. Do you come out with a job immediately? No. Oh well. I mean, okay. So the other side path of my life has been mm -hmm. my gender identity. <laughs> After grad school, I had everything figured out. So I was, up until then, I was very career focused and was always, you know, using that as the excuse and not paying any attention to myself or my gender. So, but <laughs> after film school, I had already, you know, realized engineering wasn't for me, mm -hmm. film is, and I had everything else wrapped up, you know, except for my gender, because that had always been at play beneath the surface. So I decided before coming out to LA to take a year off and well, I moved in with my mom and took that time to be unemployed and just transitioned. I focused on myself. I got healthy and 
got health insurance and started transitioning my gender. Yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, so that, that's been something that had been in your mind. Was that in your mind through college as well? Oh, since puberty, uh-huh. you know, since 11, 12 years old, or I mean, even before that, but it wasn't like a worry until puberty, hit, puberty hits, you know? And so your decision to focus on yourself, not an easy one, one that I think a lot of people kind no. of avoid. What was it that made you decide to actually pull the trigger and take care of yourself? Um, well, I mean, under the surface, well, okay, so of course I had all my other tenants of my life figured out, Mm -hmm. but I knew I did not want to date or have a family, like, as being a father. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't go forward anymore with my life without transitioning, like... And also I had, you know, depression and, you know, suicidality in the background as well, too. And I never saw a future. You know, I couldn't envision a future because I was still my male self. Mm -hmm. Um, So it took a lot of convincing that the healthiest option, the most obviously just life affirming option would be to take the time you know, and focus, focus on myself, give myself that time to realize what the words are, what they mean to me, and then how to take the first step. Because once I learned the words, I promised myself, okay, that's what you are, but you may never come out. You know, you might be a person that can live closeted without actually saying, yeah, I'm trans and let me like start hormones or let me just acknowledge it. You know, I thought it was a secret, even after admitting it to myself, which was the first step, I thought it was a secret I could still just keep and keep living my day to day. But then that seeped in and was its own poison. And I was like, no way, you need, this is who you are. Like, you've kept it inside for 25 years, you know, so let's, let's go ahead and do the healthy thing and uh, be yourself, which was simple, but than just painful because you have to come out to your family and everybody you know and change your name, change your gender marker, you know, not necessarily, but like there are many steps to coming out. And it's very personal and very specific for each person, but, you know, congratulations on living your truth. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I know. If only I'd known and, well, I mean, trans 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that wasn't that word wasn't in the zeitgeist. So it was like I didn't have any trans role models in my hometown or to my knowledge, you know, representation on television has just recently become yeah, started to become years? admirable. Yeah. Like well that? maybe like two, three years even. Yeah. You know. That's true. And so can I ask, you know, you went through some difficult times. You talked about depression, you talked about suicidal thoughts. For anyone who's listening now and is probably going through their own similar kind of situation, personal themselves, how can they get help? Any advice? Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, let me start with saying it's just mostly how comfortable you are or like find somebody to reach out to. It can be a friend, a family member, a stranger. I guess break it down that way first, because, you know. It, it, it's different for everybody. But of course, there are, you know, helplines that you can call, you know, both the um, National Suicide um, Hotline 
or the Trevor Project, which is the LGBT, LGBTQ Suicide and Crisis Intervention Line, um, which I actually worked for. So that's talking to, you know, a stranger on the phone and just talking through whatever you want. Um, or otherwise, you know, you could confide in a friend or, or, or a family member or, or anybody close to you. And just saying the words out loud, of course, is, well, for me personally, was such a help just to realize this is real. There are other people like this. It's not in your head. It doesn't make you lesser than. It doesn't make you anything other than yourself and normal. Aside from this conversation, which is also kind of shining a light on um, LGBTQ trans people, do you think that the representation on TV is pretty accurate? I mean, one of those. It'd be <laughs> oh, that's to have one new- of those. Yeah, that's so- one of those trick questions. Um, it's accurate in small, very small arenas. Mm. Um, I'd say it's getting better. Or um, but I mean, yeah, it's strange because what we Time Magazine called the tipping point three years ago and said that visibility, you know, we've we've permeated permeated the media, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that we have the right amount of accu- like advocacy or accuracy in the portrayals because even since then, there's been at least three movies I can think of that are the actors still played by a cis person. Mm. So it's still, there's still work to be done. Still work to be done. (laughs) Yeah. Which, well, it just, you know, one of the things that me as a filmmaker in LA is trying to assist with. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So after you made your transition, you went straight to LA. I went to or um, to get my health insurance and to get some employment and paycheck. I did a side job or a year at. Um, I went to the University of Virginia and did video work for their fundraising department over there. Um, and it just so so turned out that they have one of the best um, or one of the top ten endocrinology or um, you know hor- um, study of hormones. A medical center in the country. So I got a good place. I was in such a nice place to be um, beginning my transition, to beginning my medical transition. Um, yeah, that was a little side Was that intentional job. on your part? Or was that just... It was that basically it the, um, the um, you know, the millennial trying to... The unemployed millennial taking the job that came along. Well, that worked out really well then. It did, yeah. But um, but then I was there and, you know, counting down the months, or I gave myself a year. I said, okay, and then you're going to drop everything and move out to L.A. You don't have any, you have, you know, you know a few people in L.A., but you don't have a job. You don't have a place to live. But I'll just jump and I'll go. Um, and it was also around the same time, or within that year, both... Uh, North Carolina had passed the the bathroom law. Um, so there was all that going on. And then it turns out it was the year before the Charlottesville rallies. Um, so it was, I realized it was a good time to get out of there. Yeah, probably a good call. Yeah, no, more than happy to move on and come out to California. 
Now, did you come out to California with a job already lined up or was it, hey, I need to get out LA, I'll figure it out? Oh, see, that's what, yeah, it was hard dragging my feet from being unemployed for a year and transitioning to working a, you know, kind of a desk job of video work for a year. It was, it was, it was difficult. It was so many unknowns. Um, I came out here with, I think I knew half a dozen people from grad school um, that were out here working in different arenas. And so I had a couch to crash on um, and did that for the first month before finding my footing with an apartment and, and any job. Yeah. So what do you, what, what, how did you get from there to today? Oh, slowly. Um, it's one of those th- patience networking, you know, that, that I was going to say dirty word, but it's more, it's just that misunderstood word. Um, yeah, just working up, you know, starting as a, a PA and then, re- and then, you know, working low budget things and then working a little better budget things and just meeting people and, being friendly and being on set and showing what you can do. Now, is cinematography where your passion is mm-hmm. or is it? Yes. Yeah. That's so that's the peak. That's the top. Mm-hmm. That's my end all. But, you know, I, I know that it will take five, 10, 15 years before, you know, that's something that can be that I can be renowned with or about. Or known it, for? It, 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 yeah, it takes time to work up to, because that, since that's the top, that's, you know, on par with the director. Can you explain to the listeners what cinematography means? Yes, cinematography is the study or the, the use of light in camera work and composition to tell the story, where the director is the one that, you know, is, is sculpting the story and the actor's performance the cinematographer is the one that everything you see in the frame, we're in charge of that. So can you name a good representation of quality cinematography? Well, I guess the one that everybody knows is like Roger Deakins. You know, he um, he's consistently done plenty of movies that, that I think um, just show off the, the, the craft of cinematography. What's one movie? Um... Oh my! Wow! No, this is. Um, yeah, I know. He I'm did like, I, Sicario. Um, he did. He does all the uh, the Coen Brothers. Um, he does. He just did Skyfall. Well, not just. Wow! I mean, like I need to pull up his IMDb. He's done dozens and dozens. No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is why we have IMDb guys and Wiki. Right. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, exactly. He, oh, he's amazing. He a beautiful mind. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the big Lebowski. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so those are the kinds of things. Was there a movie or something that kind of led you to cinematography or did you just from the trying these different roles as PA and all the other roles? Oh you no, I knew, I oh, knew really? from the get go. Once I got in, once I realized film was an option mm-hmm. and a career path, I knew it was cinematography because the care and the deliberation, as well as the, I don't know, the ingenuity or creativity of, I mean, you know, it's both the theory and the practice that I was looking for in engineering 
but in a you know photographic creative realm. So movie wise, I don't know. You know, growing up in the '90s, I I had plenty of favorites, but ironically, one of my favorite movies was The Matrix, and it's finally like fallen into place because both the Wachowskis, you know, both the sisters are trans themselves. So re- now, retroactively, you realize it's a very trans film and trans allegory. And for that to have been my favorite growing up, I'm like, oh, wow. Well, of course you're trans. It all makes sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, they've also just made Sense8, which is, of course, yes. such a diverse, such a... Uh, On Netflix. Yeah, you know which just explores gender and sexuality and and culture and diversity. And it's incredible. And guys, we'll have links to some of this stuff for you on the show notes page. So don't worry about missing something. (laughs) You can check it out. And I mean, because some of these are some great films and series that they should check out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have lists on lists, but now that you're asking the moment, I don't know if I can come up with them. <laughs> it's always the on-the-spot moment, like, oh, no, what what do they say? But oh, The Matrix what, what is, is very yeah. relatable, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm curious to know that, you know, why not direct, being a director? Is that just too much freedom um, for it? It's, um, see, it's interesting. I've tried, or I mean, in film school, you do at least one directing class mm-hmm. to learn and, and direct your own project. And I did that and I loved it, but I don't know. I guess I associate writing with directing as well. And I have such a hard time getting all my ideas into like a cogent one page, just idea. Um, so I have, a, so if I took, if, if it was already written, I could direct it. Um, but I am actually in currently, you know, trying to sculpt a trans web series or type of project where I think I'm going to take the director role and it'll give me an opportunity to then work with a cinematography a cinematographer that's not me. Right. So then I can work on my communication as well and make sure that I take that seat and give it to somebody else. So, um, so that's you know, I, I, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be um, one of my next questions is, do you have a preference in terms of medium, web series, TV, film, commercials, <sighs> et cetera? I mean, my end all dream is, of course, going to be just feature narratives, mm-hmm. feature length. But um, but these days, I mean, the series, the serial, yeah, I mean, you know, quote unquote TV, but it's more like streaming that's that's long form feature and you can do so much with it so i mean you know you look at breaking bad and and you look how fascinatingly beautiful and integral that cinematography is with the characters and the story like and you know and then you're on that for years instead yeah. of months it's interesting to see how um some quality shows that are series mm-hmm. are just as powerful as these great academy award nominated movies of course well, you know yeah. and i it's a credit to everyone involved and as to how they're doing it just because i i think that there are some shows netflix seems to have a lot or is increasing the number of uh, amazing series but i've always been a mm-hmm. fan of the hundred which oh yeah also i think just the storytelling the cinematography the direction uh the writing mm-hmm. over i think i think they're in season five right now 
has just captured. Wow. No, I haven't seen that. I would recommend it. It's on Netflix also, the the, mm-hmm. the episodes. Uh, but you think you know what's going on and then it changes. <laughs> but I think that's what oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, subversion. And yes, you know, playing counter to expectation. Yeah. Now, as a cinematographer, is there something, uh, and and forgive my ignorance in this, but is there a favorite thing you like to do? Do you have a style? Thing defined? I like to do. Do you have um, a style? Ooh, I don't know. It's funny because, well, ba- okay, so back in film school, I wasn't out yet. So, of course, and I was dealing with my depression in I, obviously the cre- whatever creative outlet I could mm-hmm. at the time, um, which was obviously <laughs> filmmaking. So a lot of those shorts were like moody and dark and contrasty. And it's just funny because that's like the style that I feel like I began with. And slowly I've been like lightening up and, and opening up and um, doing a lot more comedy lately, which is, you know, something that five years ago wasn't on my plate. Well, that's interesting. So are you saying, are you saying that your mental health, your mental health, your, how you were feeling was directly mm-hmm. correlating to. Yeah. How you- I mean, I, okay. So well, being trans as well, like I kept it a secret and nobody knew, like it was a surprise to everybody. Um, but if you look at the work I was doing, that was my outlet. But um, since coming out, I mean, my I my mental health has, you know, soared. It's been, I've, you know, that, that that's what I needed. That's what I was fighting against. Um, I found an amazing therapist when I was living in Virginia. And I talked to her every week. And I had already, since I had a year off prior to that, I'd already worked through all my issues and done all this education and read all these, you know, articles and, and trans authors and, and found out what I was rebelling against or, or, you know, just the gender identity I was fighting, um, the mask I was wearing. So yeah. Um, now it was kind of, it, it, when I realized that and got past it, it became kind of scary. Cause it was like, well, if that used to be my style of filmmaking of cinematography, what is going to be my style now that I'm like a happy person and have these things sorted out. So I'm still exploring my new style. Now you you said, I wanted to touch on something that you had said Mm -hmm. that you saw, um, you did get help from a psychiatrist. Was it? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you think helped that was important to do? The hard part or definitely in that situation um, well, let, let me start with um, state, state to state, you need sign off by a therapist or a counselor okay. to be able to change your name or begin hormones. It depends state to state. But per, for me, it was, yes, I want to talk to some, well, that my job in Virginia, unfortunately, I had to re-closet myself. Uh. So that's what I needed to talk through of that pain and that struggle for that year of, oh no, like I was doing so well, I was about to come out to the world, but in order to get this job, I felt like I needed to recloset myself 
And then that was the issue that I needed to just tell somebody about every week and complain and be like, oh, oh, it's, it's hard. Yeah. You know what? You're, you're very brave. <laughs> I, no, I'm I mean, that's one I mean, of the words you could use. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to go through that, I didn't realize that you had recloseted yourself for the year that you were in Virginia. Yeah. That's not easy at all. So you're very, very brave. And to get help with that. Thank you. Yeah, I I guess personally I had felt I wasn't ready, which is a silly thought. But one of those like, well, I'm not like trans enough or I'm not far enough along in my transition to come out to convince people that I'm trans, which is just ridiculous. Because, you know, this. I mean, I've always been trans before I realized the word. So to think that I needed to like perform at a certain level or show, you know, ha- have this makeup skill or, you know, sure. it's all those things of develop. But when you're, when you're first going through it though, I'm sure it was a natural thing. to Yeah. Think. Yeah. You feel like you needed some kind of checklist, you know, J- just to make it tangible, just to make it like, and, and maybe it was another reason or another like dragging of my feet to feel ready and to feel strong. Um, I don't know. Well, you've, you've taken this time, you know, um, from your teens to where you are now trying to, and, and one of the part of the title for, for this episode, you know, taking the time to meet yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you happy where you are today? Meeting yourself? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I've come, I've, I've come in many circles and, um, met myself more times than I can, I, I don't know, change myself or challenge myself and grew. And, um, yeah, it's I'm a, very to, happy. Safe to say that, uh, you're happiest living your truth. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Before I let you go though, I got one more question for you. Okay. All right. For someone who's chasing their dream, whatever it may be, <clears throat> being truthful to themselves, trying to be a cinematographer, whatever. What is Mm -hmm. one thing you would tell them to do for themselves? Oh, wow. Um, Make, start doing projects. Start being true to yourself. If you have a little voice in your head saying, no, I'm not that, or no, I can never be that. Ask why you're thinking that. Ask if that's a, you know, societal type of pressure or expectation um, cause so many of my years was doubting myself in the sense of both the person I was and the person I could be, the things that made me happy, my wants and needs. And it took me 20 years before I, you know, had answers, had comfortable, had answers that made me smile to those questions. And, um, and then that led to me being able to envision a future and, uh, you know, have a path and, and want to just be a part of this world and, and make some good things. That's some great advice, Marin. Thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your story. Thank you. Annie. And guys, that was Marin McGaw. You guys can learn more about Marin and find all the links we mentioned on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 146. That's episode 146. All right, guys, until next time, keep chasing. 
thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.